Hey, y'all. Real quick before I hit play on this episode of Familypreneur for you, I want to be sure that you know that I have a brand new podcast available for you to check out. It's called Just Marketing, and you can find it on this podcast platform. Go ahead and search for Just Marketing and hit subscribe so you don't miss anything. Then come back here and listen to this episode of Familypreneur. It'll still be here waiting for you. Welcome to Familypreneur, the podcast for parent entrepreneurs raising kidpreneurs. It's time for your weekly dose of inspiration and actionable tips to build your business and find better balance, all while strengthening your family. And now we'd like to introduce your host. She's my mom and the bomb.com, Meg Brunson. Hey there, thanks for joining me on another episode of the Familypreneur podcast. Today's guest helps content creators grow their audience by maximizing their return on the content they create. She is the author of the best-selling book, Content 10X, More Content, Less Time, Maximum Results, The Ultimate Guide to Reaching More People Online with Your Content, and is also the host of the Content 10X podcast, where she teaches all that you need to know about repurposing your content. I'm excited to introduce you to the founder of Content 10X, Amy Woods. Hey, Amy. Thank you so much for joining me today. Hey, thanks for having me on. It's great to be here. (laughs) Yes. So I'm excited because today we're going to talk about content repurposing. And um, I think that this is super important because we are all so limited on time. You know, right now we're recording this in the middle of this global pandemic. And I kind of love that you're in a totally different place than I am. I'm in the U.S. here in the U.K. So before this interview, we had a little chat about how things are going in each of our respective countries. Um, But I think now more than ever, content repurposing is so important, and especially for parent entrepreneurs. Can you tell me a little bit about what exactly content repurposing is? Yeah, sure. And I, I think you're right in terms of it's um, it's really important at the moment, I think, for the almost like the world's divided at the moment with countries in, in lockdown where some people have no time at whatsoever at the moment because, you know, suddenly kind of maybe kids are at home, they're running a business and they're not used to having the children around and all that kind of stuff and they have no time. And then there's other people who have a lot of time actually because, um, you know, they and maybe don't have a family, they're not able to go and do the usual social activities and they're just stuck at home and they have a lot more time. And I think content repurposing, there's so much you can do in both sides. It either it really helps with maybe embarking on a bigger project or also just being able to keep content going when you don't have as much time. Um, but yeah, in terms of what it means, um, I think there's loads of different definitions that fly around about content repurposing Um, and my definition of it is um, all content is a form of communication that's what we're trying to do communicate with people and when we repurpose our content we are taking the message that we are trying to communicate and changing maybe the format Um, so we could be changing a video into a written format into a blog post into a podcast into social media content and we're changing the location so we might be going from the content being on YouTube to being on our website on Facebook Instagram LinkedIn Um, and ultimately what we are trying to do is get that message in front of a lot more people 
people who consume content in different ways and in different places so that we just have a bigger reach and we can impact and, and grow our audience and, and, you know, be in front of more people for what we want to achieve with, with our content, whether it's for business, whether it's for um, hobby, whatever that is. If we want to reach more people, repurposing helps us to do that. And it sounds time consuming. So how long does it typically take to repurpose one piece of content? Like, is that a a time consuming process? The way I look at it is it's really important to see content repurposing as not this additional thing that you do, but actually part of the content creation process. So it, it really should play a part in, in what you do. Say you're a podcaster or say you're a video content creator, then I firmly believe that it shouldn't be segmented. It should, you know, the, the time should be time spent on content. So you only have a certain amount of time per week to spend on content. Let's say you have 10 hours or something like that. And in those 10 hours, you spend that producing, let's say somebody has um, two two podcast episodes that goes live a week um, they spend about five hours on one five hours on the other and that goes into the planning preparation the episode um, so editing and then getting that out on their website and, and podcast apps um, but if you're not doing anything more than that then it's really not doing the podcast episode the justice it deserves So instead of then doing the second episode, I would challenge that for the other five hours to not get on the hamster wheel of the next episode, but spend that on the repurposing of that podcast episode and on getting it into more places. So you only have a certain amount of time, but it's what you do with that time, I think, making sure that repurposing has a part to play. Now, like how much time you can really go to town with um, with it so you know i i run a content repurposing agency so when we people outsource to us their content repurposing um just to give you an example of of you know of a lot that you can do so we'll have people who do let's say a facebook live and then we will repurpose the facebook live into a youtube video where we strip out live aspects and really just go for really core valuable bits of the live and we'll turn that into a YouTube video. We'll also extract the audio from the live and we'll turn that into a produced podcast episode. Um, we'll take the sentiment and what was said and all the points made and things like that and we'll turn that into a blog post, a long form like SEO focused blog post for their website. Um, we'll extract pull quotes and things like that and create images for all of the social media platforms. And we'll take lots of short little bite-sized videos and we'll share them on Instagram and Insta stories and Facebook and LinkedIn and Twitter and places like that. And we'll maybe even create things like a content upgrade. So a checklist or um, a swipe file or a PDF version of the top tips from, from that live, that kind of thing. So that's load, you know, like that's, that's going from live on Facebook to all the podcasting apps, to YouTube, to all the social media channels, to um, growing your email subscribers. Usually would send an email as well to email subscribers. So that's loads, but that is a team working on it. That's my team. Um, that's a copywriter, graphic designer, video editor, podcast producer, you know, all these people. If you, if you don't, you know, if you're not outsourcing, if you're doing it yourself, or you maybe have... Um, you know, a virtual assistant or somebody 
a, a small team or somebody a small budget to get some help in then you just have to be um wise as to you know working out well what would be one small thing that I could do so if I have a video one thing I could always do is turn it into a blog post and that blog post will help me get found by the search engines and just do what you can in the time that you have or I really want to grow on Instagram and I'm doing a podcast every week so I'll spend a couple of hours turning that podcast into um, audiogram sound bites to share on Instagram and quotes and conversation starters for Insta stories and things like that and that's what I'll do so you have to be realistic with your time and you have to really not try and be everywhere but know your audience know where they hang out and know where to focus your efforts and look I always say look at ways to change up the medium so if it was audio content don't do more audio do do written do video because you're just going to connect with people who have different learning styles and different ways they like to consume content but um but yeah you know there's there's every spectrum from small little steps with what you what time you've got to the whole shebang (laughs) I loved that explanation I feel like as you were talking it was a total combination of oh that seems so easy to wait a minute, that's a lot of platforms. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm also wondering your opinion on, do you think that it's best to start with a video-based video based content because it gives you the most opportunities? Like if you're starting yeah. with just audio, you can't easily, not in a way that I think is um, as enjoyable to consume, turn audio into video like you can do audiograms and stuff but it's not as exciting to watch so do you recommend video yeah yeah I do I would say that whenever I get asked that question you know what's the best um starting point because because I would always say to to anyone who's creating content choose one medium and try and be really good at that don't try and you know be um, everything to YouTube and everything to your podcast and everything to to a live show and things like that. Try and choose one and and go all in and be really focused and be good at that. Um, but so people say to me, well, in that case, what should it be? Should I do a podcast? Should I blog? Um, should I uh, video? Now I I kind of have my answer to that in a in an ideal world. It's it's always video because with video. You have audio, you can extract audios from videos and, and you could then turn that into a podcast if it was appropriate, if it wasn't too visually dependent, things like that. Um, and then, you know, so then with video, you can do the write-up and you create the blog post from the video. And like you said, um, audiograms are great, but video is always more engaging. So you can take, you know, social media videos and share them. So the soundbite is actually a video uh, instead. So I think the starting point is a video is great. And to take that a level up, um, live streams are brilliant because um, you create, you, in a live stream, if you do, a, say, a weekly one, same time, same place, and you grow, you grow a community, you have the community side of things, you have um, access to you, transparency, um, authenticity. You can segment the live so that you have this section where you present like, as if it was a podcast or you bring the guest on and you interview them live, that kind of thing. And then you take bits from the live for everything else. But then what I always say is firstly, it has to be something that you're also comfortable with. So it's easy to say that, you know, video is great, but not everybody's comfortable on video. And I don't think 
that you should um, just, you know, try if, if it's not for you and, and it just doesn't feel right and you, you're not comfortable going on the camera, especially live. I mean, live is another level of confidence when it comes to, to video content. Um, you'd be better finding the thing that you know you can be consistent with and you know that you're going to enjoy um, and not commit to video and then have heart palpitations every time you're about to do a video because you're nervous and you don't like it and that kind of thing so in 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 practice if you're confident on video or you want to learn to be confident on video and start with video but if video is not for you then podcasting is is great blogging is great you know there's other forms that are great just just consistency is the most consistency and quality is the most important thing And and, and then you know everything will be great after that but if you can be consistent and do quality video, start with video. <laughs> and I know a lot of people who, a lot of podcasters who also blog and vice versa. I feel like no matter if it's easier for you to like talk content out, then the podcast is a great option. And if it's easier for you to write content out, then you could write a blog post. Yeah. And then I, I caution you to read it. Like if you're going to read it, you need to be able to like act through it. So it doesn't sound like you're reading it. Um, but there's two, those are two options and they seem to be fairly easy. I think for me as a podcaster. Um, so if you're doing one of those, yeah, the other would be I, easy. yeah I agree. Cause for my podcast, most of my episodes are solo shows and then I just occasionally bring a guest on. And um, quite often we used to always do the podcast first and then we will turn the podcast episode into a blog post. But about, I don't know, like two months ago, I, I changed it. So I started to write the blog post first and do all that research and things like that and then do the podcast episode. But as you said, I was really acutely aware that I didn't want the blog post in front of me because I didn't want to read the blog post. So I would extract the key um you know the key points and, and turn that into an, another kind of talking point document as opposed to the blog post so to, to know to kind of just what the what the flow on what the points I want to hit are and any statistics I might have found or anything like that but not um completely you know read it your head's already ready in such a good space to do that episode because you've put all that effort into the blog post that it's, it's so much easier to to then reel off the, the podcast or, or the video or whatever is coming next it's a lot easier but yeah you don't want to sound too uh scripted do you really <laughs> no because <laughs> it's not no. fun to listen to <laughs> no <laughs> well I'd love to know too so let's talk a little bit about um technology what are there any tech tools or or apps that you use through this content repurposing process that might be um, recommended for our listeners? Yeah, so um, so there's a few actually. Um, with if you are a podcaster um, and you have audio uh, only, you know, you record the audio. Um, the tool that I recommend for creating the, the audiograms that I mentioned before is called Wave, um, W-A-V-V-E dot co, is it, dot com, Wave. Anyway, if you Googled Wave audiograms, you find them. If you've used Wave since the start, I know there are other ones, there's Headliner as well, um, but um, we just love the features and have used Wave for a while, so I recommend them. Um, and then for... Actually, interesting, I should mention that I think 
it's really good to have a process flow that you follow for each blog post or podcast episode, but video, whatever's your thing. Um, I really recommend using Trello um, or similar, um, similar like Asana and Basecamp, the project management tools that you can use. So Trello you know, is a free plan and you can set up your process flow of what you would do for each time you create the content. Because if you're going to commit to repurposing your content, being consistent with not just creating the original piece, but the things that you do after. Um, I really think working with something like Trello where you're tracking it and then you just duplicate and uh, look the the list from each episode and do the same list of activities for the next episode. So I'd really recommend that. Um, Other tools. So when it comes to turning videos or podcasts into blog posts, um, it's sometimes a good idea to get a transcript first and then and then wordsmith the transcript into a written article or blog post or use that to create really great show notes. And um, I, I recommend otter.ai um, for the transcripts. They were really great for, um, you had a really large amount of minutes free per month that you could use. But I, as we speak, I understand this week or last week, they, they really pulled that back now. You only get like 30 minutes free now or something. Um, but there's the otter.ai is good. There's Descript as well, which is quite similar, pulling off transcripts and sound bites. There's also um, rev.com. So we use rev.com for uh, things like captions. So when we're burning captions onto videos and creating caption files, subtitles, rev.com is really good. Um, and then when it comes to video editing and and take and having videos and then extracting audio and things like that to be honest we still use video editing software really so my team tend to use Final Cut Pro or um I use Filmora um otherwise uh I think Adobe Premiere but um we you know that's what we tend to use but there are other tools out there there's a there's a tool called Splashio and you can use Splashio to create short social media videos um it's a bit pricey uh, for how many you get per month to be honest though um and then actually a good friend of mine has a business a, a tool called repurpose.io um i really recommend people check that out actually it's an automated um tool that will repurpose things like let's say you've gone live on facebook it will automatically um, extract the audio for, from the Facebook Live so that you could have an audio file for a podcast episode. It could automatically uh, post the video into other places and it can even automatically turn the video into a different um, like size and format so that you can share it in other places. So Square for Instagram and Portrait for Stories and things like that. So repurpose.io is another one. Um, I think, yeah, I think they're kind of like the main tools that we we use um and canva really big fan of canva um you don't have to be a graphic professional graphic designer to create some great images and um and video templates and things like that canva.com canva um will love it absolutely love canva so that's another one that I would recommend <laughs> and canva has a i think it's just a beta right now but you can make like gifs and yeah stuff like that mm. and so i feel like that's a great if you're like not comfortable with video, 
but you want to add a little, you know, pizzazz to your graphics, those GIFs, those animated, you know, even just like some animated yeah, arrows yeah. or something, just draw the eye in the news feeds. So I love that. And yeah. thank you so much for Thanks. all of those tools. I think it's good to know that there are tools out there that can help make this process easier. So I will go through and list all of the things that we talked about, make sure we get the dot co's and dot coms and the, all those different <laughs> websites correct <laughs> so that people can go and start to research what might be the best options for them. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I'd love to kind of switch gears a little bit. Can you tell me a little bit about your story and your background and how you got to the point where you are today? And I know you mentioned your team, so you've clearly grown this business to more than just you. Can we hear a little bit about that story? Yeah, cool. So, um, my background, I, well, I guess like lot trying to do a long story short, but, um, but I, so I, when I graduated from business school many years ago now, <laughs> I, um, traveled for a while um for a couple of years well worked to save the money to go traveling and then travel for a year or so and then settled down to my career which ended up with being a management consultant so I was just in a big uh, you know global management consultancy firm for 13 years so it was supposed to be a, a one to two year plan I was going to learn everything about business and then settle my own business but one to two years became 13 years um, and and I, I don't. It wasn't a bad thing. I guess it was because I was, you know, enjoying the career, and um, it was working with big, you know, Fortune five hundred companies, mainly the big banks, the big from Bank of America to um, you know Barclays and and big banks around the world, and also other organisations, big organisations like Microsoft, um, and totally different to what I was doing now so I was working in mergers and acquisitions and big business transformation programs but then um two things really happened I'd, I'd always been keen on starting a business but as I said you know just I, I always thought I needed to come up with a big invention I was always watching things like Dragon's Den and um do you I think you have Dragon Shark Tank in the US version but I was always watching things like that um thinking yeah I've got to invent something and until that time I'll carry on working um but then um so I just carried on but then I there were, so two things happened one thing was having children so um I could the career that I'd had was very heavy uh, work hours and a lot of travel it was very normal to be expected to just fly somewhere on Monday very early and arrive home on Friday very late and, and that would be the lifestyle. So you can't obviously do that when you've got kids. Um, and also I, I became poorly actually, that was the other thing. So I'd been very healthy for my whole life, but I became ill after I had my second child and um, I just had to have a lot of operations and a lot of time off work and, and recovering from all the operations. So there was a year where I was quite poorly. Um, and in that time, uh, it took me off the hamster wheel you know I, I was always on the corporate wheel and then I, I had to come off it and that was when I invested in learning a lot about business so I started um just taking online courses cast after podcast reading blog posts consuming content and just learning and learning and learning so that basically, I guess, took me off the hamster wheel because I started my business during that time. I started a business, an online business, but not Content 10X. Um, but the online business that I was doing, 
I was creating a lot of content you know because I guess I've come from that management consultant background of being process driven and everything I immediately wanted to like have really efficient processes behind the content so that's when I started doing a lot of the repurposing and then that's when I realized there was a business opportunity that working with different freelancers like copywriter graphic designer and video editor and things like that to repurpose what I did every week I just realized that I really enjoyed that it was something that other people would want to outsource as well um but not juggle all these different freelancers just have a business that does it for them so yeah I just I guess I just took the leap then and you know completely left um left Accenture and started um started content 10x which was nearly nearly three years ago so um it was just me to start with actually so for a couple of months um it was just me and then I hired my first person and had a few like ups and downs with different people before finding you know more longer term employees so one of the the longest standing employees worked for me for two and a half years um and yeah, I just grew the team. So every time, you know, we got more clients and started to have to grow the team to meet the client demand and things like that. And we're still a small agency. We're not huge. Um, but we, you know, serve clients from from all over the world now, podcasters, mainly the US actually, because content creators generally more progressive over in the US. Um, so probably 80% of our clients are based in the States. Um, podcasters, video creators, live streamers, and speakers as well. So we repurpose talks for speakers too. Um, and yeah, you know, I kind of saw how I've got the podcast that's been going through a couple of years now. Um, I published a book last year and we've now got a toolkit. So if we don't do it for people, people can buy our toolkit and learn how to do it through the toolkit. So we have tutorials and checklists and things like that, that people can use, which is kind of giving away what we do for our clients, but we'll show you how to do it. So there's either the book or the toolkit, or we'll do it for you. Um, And yeah, that kind of takes me right to today. (laughs) There is a lot there. So where can people find the book and the podcast? Yeah, so it's actually just all at content10x.com, which is content10x.com. forward slash podcast for the podcast, forward slash book for the book, (laughs) forward slash toolkit for the toolkit. Um, So everything's at Content 10X, yeah. Well, that makes it easier. (laughs) (laughs) We'll list all of this, all those resources as well. I'd like to just ask you a question about your book. Is your book a result of content repurposing? It is in a way, yeah. So, um, So the book... I I started writing the book and then it ended up taking around about a year or so. Um, what happened was I'd been doing the blog and the podcast for over a year. And then I decided I had loads of content that could go into a book. Um, so I worked out what I wanted to go in the book. And I worked out where I'd already created content that there's nothing that's a direct kind of copy and paste or anything. Because everything ended up being kind of built on further but there was foundations all over the place that I could build up from and then where interestingly if there was something I wanted in the book that I hadn't done a podcast episode or blog post on that kind of fed my future plans then because as I was writing the book I was creating new content that could then go in the book as well so the whole book really is a is a a combination of um, repurposing what I had and then creating new content with the intention of it being a podcast, a blog post and going into the book as well. Um, and yeah, we have 
the books in Kindle and paperback and also audio book as well. Um, and it just kind of, I guess, goes a lot deeper to the content in the podcast and the book um, and takes people on more of a, um, I guess, like a roadmap than the blogs and the podcasts, obviously, like a bit all over the place one week it might be on one thing one week it might be on another but the book I tried to keep everything very nicely categorized to make things easier for people but um but yeah kind of like a big repurposing exercise I guess <laughs> and I appreciate how you broke that down too I think a book for a lot of entrepreneurs I'm one of them I've written a children's book but not what I call a big girl book um so <laughs> a book is something on my horizon and I know it's on the horizon for for a lot of people so I appreciate you breaking down how you made that work you know it's not just taking your blog posts it's not a collection of blog posts but you could use a lot of those foundations to build yeah it's always exactly it's always easier to build on anything with something to start with isn't it than a complete blank canvas so if I'd done a blog post on on anything, it then helped me start that chapter where I could, you know, write more and, and write, write in more of the format of a, a book than in the format of a blog post, you know, slightly different style and tone. But yeah, it's always easier to start on a foundation than start from scratch with just a big blank canvas. So um, like, like for yourself and, and if you're listening, thinking about wow, I, you know, have mountains of content I could easily turn into a book. I just really recommend um, work out what you want to go in the book. Don't let the content that you've created dictate the book. Work out what you want to go in the book. Have your sections and your chapters written out and then, then look at your content and work out for every single chapter, what do you already have and cut and, and and, and make a note of it so in this chapter I could actually base this on blog posts 10 20 and 50 or whatever work it all out spot all of your gaps bring everything together and just start fleshing it out from there um, and you know you'd be surprised how you can you can get on quite a bit um you know quite a run when you do that as well and you feel quite uh positive and inspired that you have it all there it's just about turning it into the book and then before we go, the last question I want to ask you yeah. is how are you, how do you define balance in your household? So you've got, how old are your kids now? Um, six and eight. Um, and you're running your business. So what does balance look like to you or how do you redefine that? Yeah, it's really challenging, isn't it? <laughs> um, I think, I mean, I'm, I guess I'm lucky that the, the kids, um, the boys are at uh, school age. Um, but how we, def- I guess, defining balance is just—it's hard to achieve balance, isn't it? I think there's always something that um, is—you can't have the constant balance because there's some weeks and months where the family and one or both children or whoever need more of your time because of something, and there's other times where um, the business does just need more time. And so, I guess, defining balance is really just constantly making sure that everyone is okay um, and that uh, you kind of, when you see the tough times come in for, say, the business, um, you make, you know, the necessary plans to still make sure that you're seeing enough and doing enough and, and there for the family. And when you see big things coming up with the family, you know, like a big, wonderful family holiday coming up or something, just making sure that you put the, the plans in place to take the foot off the pedal on the business a bit. So I guess we, we've defining balance I'm always very comfortable with the fact that um it's always up and down but as long as I'm accepting of that 
and and that every everyone's communicated with them and we're all happy and we all understand um what needs attention and when and things like that um but they've you know with the kids they um they get that I run a business I don't think they ever feel um that they don't see enough of, well kids always feel they don't see even if you were with them 24 7 staring at them they'd probably still find a way of saying that they, that they want more of you sometimes wouldn't they but <laughs> but um now I think just just temperature checks everyone's happy um and uh and and also just getting perspective you know and having a bit of a talking to yourself sometimes if you feel like you're losing perspective um, of what is important and family is always the most important thing you know the business is important but it's never more important than family so always making sure that they um they know that and that they come first awesome that's great thank you so much for joining me today and taking time out of your busy schedule and sharing so much information about contents repurposing and the tech pieces and writing a book it has been a very valuable episode oh thank you so much for having me on i really do appreciate it That's it for today's episode of the Familypreneur Podcast. You'll find all the links mentioned in this week's episode and the show notes at megbrunson.com slash podcast. Until next week, I'll see you over in the Familypreneur community. Bye for now. Do us a favor. Share this podcast to a friend. It's like my mom always says, sharing is caring.